everyone. Welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Simon. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another week of Bulletproof Hygiene. I'm so excited to have you joining me today. Today's podcast is titled The Teflon Hygienist. And I titled it that way because I'm sure we can all relate to the concept of our patients not wanting to come see us. And I've just got to ask, how many times have we heard they get in the chair and they say, oh, I just hate coming here? Or I was really dreading coming to see you today. Or I'd rather have a baby than have my teeth cleaned. I don't know how many of you have heard this. I feel like if you've been in the profession at least a year or two, you've probably already heard this several times. And the catalyst for me was um, a few weeks ago, I had a patient who we were doing full mouth scaling and root cleaning on, and we had done half of her mouth and, you know, she took a restroom break and just got her, you know, resituated. And I, I walked out to get something. And when I walked back in the room, she literally said, Oh, I was kind of hoping you weren't coming back. And I thought, oh my gosh, like what other profession deals with this? And I mean, I'm sure that there are several of the medical establishments that probably hear this, but like you don't ever hear somebody at the grocery store looking at the checkout girl saying, I really hate coming here. It's the worst. Or at Home Depot saying, oh, I just can't stand having to buy this stuff. Like it's, I, I just, I hate being here. So I kind of was just, that was a catalyst to me thinking that we are in this very unique space, um, especially of being a profession that really wants to take care of people and wants to do the best for them. That sometimes it's really hard to hear people being super negative and not really open to what we have for them. And, you know, I feel like being a hygienist is hard enough on its own with obviously the time parameters we have, trying to accomplish the laundry list of tasks and assessments, keeping our environment clean and sterile, communicating with our team, sharing bad news, waiting for exams, and just making it all work. We're all very familiar with all the things. But when we add on the bonus of patients telling us they don't like us or like coming to see us, we can really start to get a complex. So I just wanted to take a deep dive this week into how we overcome the lack of love, the negative vibes, the sometimes outright hostility, and become Teflon hygienists, or what we like to call around here, the bulletproof hygienists. And we've really got to embrace this to fulfill our roles well. And I think our first step in these situations has got to be staying rooted in our why. This is what I call self-insulation why we got into this profession in the first place, and why we keep getting out of bed in the morning to keep doing it. And honestly, for most of us, and I've talked to countless hygienists throughout the years, I believe the why stems for a lot of us from caring for others, wanting to take care of them, um, improving their quality of life, helping to bring health and healing, getting to connect with others and help guide them to wellness. And I've said before, and I believe it with all that I am, 
Getting to be a hygienist is a gift and a privilege. And what we do for others is life-changing, life-giving, and in some cases, life-saving. So we cannot take our roles lightly. And when we do have patients that seem to diminish our role or not appreciate our time or our efforts, we've got to be strong enough to stay rooted in our calling and let those comments roll off. Thus the concept of the Teflon hygienist. So once we've kind of really made sure that we're rooted in our why, and if you're not, I'm going to encourage you to visit that. Think back through, write it down. You know, what got you into this? What do you love about this? When, when, you know, when everything is going well, like what keeps you doing it? That's important to focus on. The second step to coding ourselves in emotional Teflon is to remember that everyone has a story, a past, some baggage, if you will. We don't know what a patient is walking in with to their appointment time with us. It could be a history of dental trauma as a child. And I don't know about you, but I've heard way too many stories of children being held down for fillings or extractions without anesthesia. Um, it could be dental trauma as an adult. You know, they maybe experienced a lot of pain or had really unexpected outcomes to what they thought was going to happen. Um, in some cases, even malpractice. It could be general life anxiety. It could be current stress circumstances like job loss, divorce, loss of a loved one, a current recent diagnosis. It could be a compounded issue that's been ongoing for years or something that happened that morning. Everyone, including us, has a story, a set of circumstances that contributes to this very moment. It's always building and compounding. When we keep this at the forefront of our minds, these negative comments or verbal assaults can be met with grace and understanding. And I believe the majority of the time, these reactions and these things that patients say, it really doesn't, it's not even about us. It doesn't have a whole lot to do with us. It has to do with what set the stage for that emotion. So I want to talk about how we approach these moments. And what approach I think that a lot of us are prone to take is by trying to be positive when someone comes at us with negativity. So we point out the bright side or the silver lining, but honestly, countering someone's negativity with your positivity doesn't typically work because it comes across as argumentative. People don't like to be emotionally contradicted. And if you try to convince them that they shouldn't feel something, they'll only feel it more stubbornly. And if you're a leader, like we are trying to be positive, it comes off even worse because you'll appear aloof and out of touch with the reality that people are experiencing. So I think in these instances where patients are saying, oh, I hate being here. I don't like this. I don't want to do this. I don't, you know, I, I hate coming to see you. I think these instances can and should be met with getting curious and empathetic about what our patients have or may be currently going through. And it can look like a simple check-in or acknowledgement of the circumstances. So for example, um, you know, if I have a new patient that comes in, you know, they say, oh, I really hate coming to the dentist. You know, I may, I may say something like, oh no, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. Can you share what's created that feeling for you? And let them kind of talk about their past and their history. And, you know, as they're talking about that, you know, your body language is nodding with them. You're listening, you're empathetic, you're tilting your head, you know, to show that, hey, I'm listening to you. I am feeling this with you, um, you know, and, you know, you followed up with, hey, I'm really sorry that you went through that experience. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that. I can absolutely understand why you feel that way. And I really want you to feel as comfortable as possible while you're here. So I want to make sure you have the freedom to communicate with me. So know that if I'm saying or doing something that isn't working for you, 
you put your hands up. We will figure out a different way. My goal today is to help you be comfortable and you get to run the show. You are in control. Showing a patient that you understand their feelings and validate them goes a long way to helping build a bridge and letting an upset or anxious patient relax. It's important that we don't get defensive or meet the resistance with more resistance. And I feel like that's a common way for us to respond as well, because nobody likes being told they're not like, you know, I don't like you. I don't want to be here with you. Like, it's easy to get really defensive in that moment and be like, fine, I don't want to be with you either. So this is where we kind of have to rise above. Um, We've got to be in control of our own emotions and the situation. And I think, you know, if we tend to do that, if we meet resistance with more resistance, that creates a very negative spiral that can get out of control really quickly. It's also important that we don't make jokes or laugh it off. Uh, Whether they realize it or not, the patient is giving us a window into their situation. They are being vulnerable, even though they might feel closed off. And it is our opportunity to dig in and turn their fear into trust. And building trust is one of the most important things we have to do when it comes to gaining lifelong patients who embrace our treatment ideology and move forward with our recommendations. We gain trust by following through with our word, being consistent, showing the patient our concerns, show them the picture of the crack in that tooth, that leaky filling, those red puffy bleeding gums. Showing a patient their condition, it brings so much trust because they can see for themselves. They're not just taking your word for it. Keeping open body language. You know, it's really important to maintain eye contact. Um, Keep your arms and palms open versus crossing your arms or legs. Um, Staying on the same level as a patient versus standing over them. That's really easy in our line of work. Obviously, you know, we're kind of sitting up over the patient. So when we're discussing important or hard things, I think it's important to sit the patient up and be at eye level. Um, sometimes even move their chair up just a little bit above you to almost let them feel like, hey, I'm, I'm kind of in control of this situation. But just being really um, aware of your body language, I think, is, is super important and huge. Um, listening to our patients' questions and concerns, not just talking over them, not waiting to say what you want to say, but really listening and hearing them out. Asking good questions. I always say that I feel like really good therapists ask us questions to bring us to that place of awareness. So ask your patients good questions so that they can kind of hear themselves come to the answer um, and not rushing through our processes. And I know that time tends to shackle us and we are limited with what we can accomplish with each patient. But when we have patients who are anxious, fearful, or distrusting, we have to slow it down and take our time. Go at the pace of the patient. And sometimes that means reappointing like a new patient for their cleaning. Maybe the cleaning happens on a different day or not pushing you to do same day dentistry. Um, And, you know, that's a that's a practice conversation that I think the team needs to have to say, hey, when we have patients that are really difficult or um, need more time, you know, do we have the grace? Do we have the space to take that? And what should that look like? And working that out across the practice so that everybody's on the same page, I think, is really important. I think it's easiest to build relationship um, with us as the hygienist for the patient, because honestly, we spend the most time with them. So we got to leverage that relationship and trust we build with the patients to spread to our team members. So, you know, if a patient does get to know us and they gain trust with us, 
Now we've got to kind of spread that to the rest of our team. So introduce your doctor or assistant or treatment coordinator when you're, they're meeting the patient for the first time, talk them up and build a relationship bond right from the start. Um, share personal and clinical information in front of the patient to include them in the conversation and make them feel like the star of the show versus like we've already been talking about them behind their back because that doesn't feel good and that doesn't feel trustworthy. So, for example, when I introduce a patient to our treatment coordinator, um, you know, I, I escort them into her office and I introduce and say, hey, Mr. Jones, I want to introduce you to Julie. She is our fabulous treatment coordinator. She is really gifted at being able to help fit your treatment needs into your budget and time parameters. And Julie, Dr. King and I went through all of the, the photos and x-rays with Mr. Jones today. We've had a, a long discussion on what his goals are and how to meet those. And so together we've created this treatment plan. So I would love for you to get the opportunity to share that with him. And then you guys um, figure out how to make this work for him best. Mr. Jones, it was so great meeting you today. Thank you for trusting me with your care. I can't wait to see you next time. And you're in great hands with Julie. And then you exit the office. So that took that trust of, hey, this is Julie. She's great. I trust her. I shared what we talked about with the doctor. Can you share that with him? You know, it just, it creates a, an environment of trust and helps that handoff with the patient. Um, I think most of what I've discussed today goes a long way in converting our more negative patients into raving fans. But the reality is not everyone is willing to change. Honestly, I still have those patients that are grumpy, <laughs> grumpy every time, but they come consistently. And that actually says a lot in itself um, that they do deem us trustworthy. They may just, that may just be how they're wired. Um, that's their personality. That's who they are. But hear me say too, that I'm not advocating for patients that are chronically rude, dismissive, or non-compliant. Every patient is not a good fit for every practice and vice versa. So be confident enough in yourself as a provider and where the practice stands. And again, this may be a conversation that you need to have with your team about, hey guys, what are we willing to tolerate and what is not okay for us? And within the practice to dismiss those patients that aren't a good fit, because yes, our goal should be trying to win everyone over and trying to help everyone feel really comfortable. But the reality is that's not always going to be the case. And that's okay. It's not a failure if that doesn't happen. It's just likely not a good fit. So I'm hoping that these tips have been good and you're well on your way to building bridges of trust and positivity. And that's great. But this process can sometimes be exhausting. And so I want to end today talking a little more about how to insulate ourselves from those hard to work with draining patients. Knowing your why is huge, like I said, but one of the most empowering habits you can do from this moment forward is to practice great self-care, which is guaranteed to help us be grounded against any undercurrents of a negative environment. So we've said a thousand times, you know, in an environment of us caring for others, we've got to take really good care of ourselves first because hygiene in and of itself can be exhausting. And then when you add really difficult patients on top of that, it just compounds it. We've said it before. I'll say it again. Make sure you're getting adequate sleep, recommended seven to nine hours. And I know myself, I'm one of those people who is not very nice under the influence of sleep deprivation. Um, so being rested is really important because if I'm already cranky, if I've had a bad morning, if I didn't get a good night's sleep, I'm going to be much less tolerant of patients not being kind to me. 
good nutrition is key. Um, and not just from the aspect of, oh, you have a full belly, so you're not, you're not hangry. More about what you're eating, because a meal plan rich with whole grains, fruits, and vegetables is not only known to prime your metabolism, but also your thought process. Practicing healthy nutrition can protect us from brain fog, irritability, loss of focus, and mental distraction, thus enabling us to communicate with clarity and think one step ahead. It's also recommended to move your body regularly for good circulation and to promote relaxation and stress reduction. And then also do something that you love every day, even if it's small. Reading, cup of coffee with a friend, spending time with love with loved ones, watching a show or a movie that you love, doing a hobby, watching sunset, having a glass of wine, something that makes you feel relaxed and fulfilled. From someone who can easily be a workaholic, it's important to maintain balance and live a life that is exciting, fulfilling, and yours. So I know this was a short one this week, but I really just wanted to speak to it because I feel like this is such a commonality. And I want to encourage you to go this week forward as a bulletproof Teflon hygienist, do what's right with confidence and empathy, put yourself in your patient's shoes, communicate clearly, educate well, show them what you are concerned about and help them trust you and your team. Have a great week, everybody. And if you haven't already, Come join us on our Mighty Network. It is a free app that you download. Search Bulletproof Hygiene once you're there and come join our community. And please hop in. I see we have so many new people joining, but I don't see a lot of comments. So hop in, ask your questions, share what you're doing. What do you do? What do you say to these patients that are really struggling and and have had bad experiences in the past and may not love coming to see you? How have you won them over? Please come share it with us. I look forward to seeing you all there and seeing you again next week. Everybody have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you.